With over 25 million books sold, Karen Kingsbury has just released her latest novel, Just Once. It's a World War II love story, and Karen will share her inspiration connecting the Baxter family series to it. So welcome, Karen. Thank you for coming back again on the call. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. So is this your first book about World War II, and why did you choose that time period? It is. It's my first historical fiction. So it took a lot of research because I wanted to be correct. You know, I wanted to get that part right. But uh, so it's about this character who I, it really comes down to, I loved her and I wanted to bring her back. And I can go into detail about that, but it was an amazing, it's a funny and sweet story of how that happened. But the only way to write her story was to go back to when she was 20 and that was World War II. How does uh, Just Once connect to the Baxter family series? Yeah, so the Baxters, and, and again, you know, Just Once is a standalone, but it's just fun for the people who know the Baxters to know that Ervil, Ervil Myers, um, was an Alzheimer's patient at Sunset Hills Adult Care Home, and that's where Ashley Baxter worked, and it's where she found her way back to God. So it was very instrumental in her life. And, and Ervil was this genteel woman who would wake up in the morning and just have a very neatly pressed skirt. And she would get her peppermint tea and sit in the front room. And she would just look out the window waiting for her husband, Hank, to return from fishing. Only Hank had been gone seven years and he was in heaven long, long past. But and some of the people who worked there would say, Ervil, your husband is dead and you're in Sunset Hills care home. Like they'd be rude to her and kind of like try to shake her into remembering. And that would just upset her. And Ashley would just let her be, let her look for Hank, let her be in that place. And so it brought Ashley back. When I was writing about Herbal, uh, I found myself like as her time came to pass, I was writing more and more and more slowly. And I just didn't want to lose her. So I was in, in our, in my, my husband in my bedroom and I was in my special chair where I like to write and I finally had to let her go. And she passed and I put the period at the end of a sentence, set the laptop down and just had to have a good cry over losing Herbal. So that's where I was when my husband bounded into the room to get a sweatshirt. And he saw me and he said, honey, oh no, what's wrong? What happened? And I said, it's just Herbal died. So my, you know, he gets like this concerned look and he says, oh no, do we know Herbal from church or from school? <laughs> I said, honey, she's one of my characters. And he kind of gave me a strange look and rolled his eyes. He said, how can I feel sorry for you? I mean, you killed her. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, not at all. She died of natural causes, honey. And so anyway, he was laughing with me and just like got me laughing too. And then he said, you know, just bring her back, like, you know, backspace to like come back and just bring her back. And I explained that that wasn't possible. But the more I got to thinking about it, I thought I could bring her back and we could tell her World War II love story. And that was the reason I decided to write just once. Unbelievable. Beautiful, beautiful book. Beautiful. Thank um, you. So, you know, why does this book bring you to, to tears and why would readers enjoy it? Well, Ervil had, we love Ervil. So that's part of it. Ervil, when we meet her, you know, this, and this is really, it's fun. I got to have her granddaughter is, you know, going to go receive an award for Ervil at, uh, in, in Washington, D.C. Ervil was part of the Office of Strategic Services. She was a spy for World War II, which is something I didn't know when I was writing about her, you know, years ago. But as I leaned into her story, 
the Lord put that on my heart that she was a spy, but it wasn't that easy for her because in the, in 1940, when everyone was gathered around their radios, listening to updates on the war in Europe and realizing, you know, that it could be us, we could be drawn into this. And then when Pearl Harbor hits, Irville would get panic attacks. And that's not too different from today where people might, you know, you have to just turn the news off. It could be very, you know, you're very unnerved by where things are going. So she would get panic attacks. She'd have to run into the restroom and look in the mirror and try to bring herself back from just, you know, heart pounding and just not able to breathe. And finally, she realized the only weapon she could ever have that would take on the fear she was experiencing was the weapon of scripture, the living, breathing word of God. That was the only weapon. And in the armor of God, it is the only weapon. So she began to memorize scripture and and it became her, her way of surviving and not only surviving, but finding strength and not being terrified so that when the government approached her as she was teaching math, once World War II began for us, um, they approached her and said, your scores are brilliant. Like we need you. Would you consider being a spy? And you can't tell anyone. She was brave enough to say yes. What a story. And you know, everybody's waiting for this book. And um, I know that it's out now. As of November 14th, it was released, right? Yes. um, So how does God inspire you to write these novels? And what is the message you want your readers to know? Because let me tell you something. People just love that you put these, you know, that you put like a little glimpse of God in there. And um, that just helps us as Christians, you know, to, to know that God is with us and that you're writing according to how God is downloading it in you. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, he puts the story is like a movie in my heart. So when I thought, oh, what about Erville? You know, it, it might start with a question or maybe I'm having a conversation or watching a commercial or something, you know, reading an article. And then it hits me in like a wave of emotion that, oh, you know, and tears gather in my eyes. And I think, well, there's a, there could be a story about that. And it's never the story because then I lean into that emotion and then the Lord does, he downloads it like a movie on my heart. And I feel like the first reader as I'm writing. So I'm laughing, crying. And when I finish like a chapter, I might say, ah, that's so good. And my husband said, it's a good thing. I know you, I would think, you know, that you're like have a problem with your ego because you know, why would you say that? But it's because I'm not attached. I'm not making it up in my mind. Yeah. And when God gives me the words, I can appreciate that as being like, wow, that's really good, but it's all glory to God. It's him. And it's not me. It's actually despite me, you know, that, you know, me being just a flawed, regular old, you know, human, but he gives me these gorgeous stories that I could read. It's like when I first started writing them, I told my husband, if no one ever buys them, I know I'm going to like reading them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love the way that, um, you know, that, that you connect with each book, but we know that we're talking about just once. What was the one that you connected to the most? Your so your fans would know. You know, I feel like someone like you, um, which of course is the movie that we just made. It, it would really hit deep for me. It was a very deep book. When I finished that book, I remember having this like holy moment. Like I felt like I was on holy ground, and I, I felt like I could hear the Lord saying, "This is going to be your first movie." And there have been other movies made on my books. And I'm very thankful for that, but they never really were what I saw in my heart. And I felt the Lord saying this, and this was 2020, this is going to be your first movie. And so it, that moment, that feeling never left fear, you know, gets in the way for a while. It's a very scary thing to take that jump, but uh, we reached a place in 22 where I, I knew we had to. 
And so that's where I was going to go next was um, that I had just seen your trailer for someone like you based on that popular novel. And, and you spoke about that for a while. But what what do we know about the characters in that movie, Someone Like You and the book? Yeah, so we have Dawson Gage is kind of the main character. And he's in love with his best friend, but they're only friends. And her name is London. And then something tragic happens with London. And it's in the grief um, kind of in the grief time after losing her, that her parents admit that, you know, she was an embryo baby. She was in vitro and uh, there was another embryo and they donated it to someone else. And he's like, wait, are you saying there could be a brother or sister for London somewhere? And they say, yeah, like we were, we signed a contract. We were never going to look. So out of a last act of love for his friend, London, he goes looking for this sibling. He finds Andy Allen, this girl who's literally a twin of, of the girl that he loved so much back, you know, months earlier. And she has no idea that she was adopted as an embryo. She has no idea that she's not biologically related to her family. So the news rocks her world. And she ends up following him back to meet these biological parents and who are still grieving, of course, the loss of their daughter, their first, their other daughter. And uh, in the complicated times that follow, it's Dawson that leads her around and shows her who her sister was. Dawson just never expected to fall in love. You know, everybody's got to go on YouTube and see this trailer for someone like you. Now, you can go to Karen's website. It's karenkingsbury.com. You can actually click on in that in that website, the someone like you trailer, and you could see it yourself. Brought me to tears, you know, just once brought me to, I mean, just wonderful writings and you, your gift is just such a godly gift and we thank you for it. Your fans love you and they thank you for it. And um, what is the, the premiere date you say is uh, April 2nd, right? In 2024? Yes. So we have, um, and the best place to, there's a still a chance that you can sign up for the A-list. The A-list is really fun. It's free. If you sign up for that, and that's going to be at the website, someone like you dot movie. And the trailer is right there on the front. And then you can sign up right there as well. And you will, the tickets will go on sale on Valentine's Day, but they'll go on, people who are on the A-list will have access to tickets and the best seats on February 1st. So I really encourage everyone to sign up for the A-list while you, you know, while you can, then you can see the trailer there. And then we're just going to do some really special things with this. We're going to do a share of a love um, campaign where people are able to, pay for a ticket for someone else. Um, us as a family, we're going to start that fund with, you know, more than uh, 700 tickets in there. And we'll be putting that in for people just because I, I don't want money to be the reason they don't get a chance to see this film because it could really change them. Yeah. It could, if they're dealing with something that's like an unforgiveness or a healing issue, they're, they've suffered a loss of some kind, there's hope. And one of the last scenes of the movie um, there's a moment where the mom and the mom and dad who lost their daughter are having a conversation and realizing some of the ways God has blessed them so deeply. And even through tears, they're able to give each other a hug and say, like, we're going to be okay. Like, it's not going to not hurt, but we're going to be okay. So I want people to experience that. You know, praise God for your wonderful gift that you are just giving to everybody. All your fans are just so awesome. And this love stories, come on, they're great. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> um, so what would you like to leave my audience with today? Um, I think, you know, like I like to think of our lives as stories, you know, that we are writing a story with the days of our lives. For me, 
Um, I don't want people at my memorial someday down the road to be saying, wow, you know, mom, she sure wrote a lot of books, but I want them to talk about the story that I'm writing with the days of my life. And that's the story that you care about too. It's the ones the listeners care about is their story. That one should be a bestseller. And for that to happen, it's about loving well, laughing often, looking for the miraculous and living for Jesus. And if you take that approach, even if you're in a dark chapter right now, there's good times coming. There's joy coming and sunshine right around the corner in your story. Um, and with Jesus in it, you know, there's a guaranteed happy ending. If this ministry has blessed your life, would you like subscribe and share this with others? We are here to fulfill the great commission. So be sure to come back next time for another episode of the call with Nancy Sebado. You'll be blessed. Do you listen to the call of God? Because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? What sound is-